Hey, welcome everybody to uh, podcast number 67 brought to you by Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. Uh, first of all, we'd just like to thank All Star Bowling Sales once again for the month of June, um, helping us out and becoming a sponsor and providing a discount code for all those bowlers that want to buy anything related. Um, hot sales right now is those Darbster slip-on shoes for uh, the house shoes, so people don't have to wear those dirty house shoes all the time. And we'll bring in our guests. Hey, welcome, guys. Uh, for all our guests and fans and audience, uh, if you don't know who they are, top to your right is Adam Weber and the Wiseman twins, Tim and Dexter. Thanks, guys, for joining us again. Hey. <laughs> Yo. All right, so number 67, long time coming. We got another legend on our uh, podcast, and we are uh, can't be more happy for these guys joining us. Um, he is a 2020 inductee into the C5 Hall of Fame, and uh, he's won the Autumn Open in 1981 and a Masters singles title in 84. Doesn't look like a day after 84, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we'll bring him in here. Mr. Doug Mosdell, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Good to see you, Doug. Welcome, Doug. Yeah, thank you. You too, guys. Looking forward to this. Um, so you hail from Coquitlam, BC, right? Yes, that's yeah. We've lived there for 30 years now. Yep. Awesome. So, um, most of your bowling career was it um, playing out of the same center in that area, or did you play in other centers around? Actually, out here, yeah, I played in, we played in a lot of different centers. I actually grew up in Maple Ridge, just outside of town, and then uh, did a lot of my bowling in Vancouver with the uh, like an all-star men's league in there. Newest minister, Port Moody, Surrey, wherever they would take me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't the case. but uh, So so their first topic uh, will be uh, being inducted into the C5 Hall of Fame. Um, how, was it, uh, how did it feel to get that call? To be honest, a little surprising. Um, I, I was at the Open last year to watch uh, Bruce and, and Diane and everybody be inducted and Lynn. Uh, lucky enough to actually been invited by Diane to be at the banquet, Diane Violini, which was quite the thrill. And, and sitting there and listening to the stats of, uh, of the women that were in, inducted and knowing most of the stats. I actually remember driving home that night thinking to myself, well, I'm not ever getting in there. Not, not with the numbers that those people put up in the bar that was set. And then, uh, yeah, you know, to get the letter uh, later on in like early September, I guess it was, uh, was a bit of a shock. A, a nice shock. It was a shock. Yeah, like, uh, um, obviously, I... I not young or not old enough to play with you at any nationals or anything like that, but um, the stories hanging out with uh, Bruce, Gino, Lynn, all those guys, they nothing but good things talking about you. So uh, you were quite the person that left quite the impression on a lot of those pl great players. So um, I think it's only fitting that you join them in the same Hall of Fame. They have raved about you for as long as I've known them. Like, truthfully, they have absolutely raved about you. And, and I, I got to see... Uh, the inside scoop on like what your accolades were to be inducted into the hall of fame this week. And uh, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Um, your, your resume is pretty incredible. Um, I, I know you don't have as many golds as maybe you were hoping for, but 
your as your <laughs> yeah, but but just just blame blame Lynn and Bruce for that. But I mean, um, your accolades are incredible, Doug. You're you're more than deserving of this for sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm fortunate well, enough. I, I can pull up actually your stats. I actually, I do have them here. I I'm privyed for that. I mean, uh, six years participated at the open and you have unfortunately six silvers. Um, but I mean, you look at it, you had, a, you had a 71 winning percentage and that's, that's pretty damn good at, at an open national level. And you follow that up with uh, four all-star appearances. Right. And you think about it, you're probably playing against the best in, in a tough part of the lineup. So you look at it, it's uh, it's pretty astounding. And obviously, Doug, you do deserve to be there. So uh, it's pretty cool it, it, how, how everything works there. You do deserve to be there. And to be honest with you, you actually have more points than Adam did. So, And, and Adam's won more golds and, and everything else like that. And to be honest with you, probably a better team player. I, I can attest to that too. So, uh, <laughs> so, so that, that 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 should get some more points there too. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd go with the team player part. I watched that. Um, I'll say the one the one thing you shocked me with was the the winning percentage. I had no idea. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I've never I've never really I, I don't keep any of my stats and stuff i never have mm-hmm. although i'll be honest i think that this one open i'm pretty sure i was at seven of them but the first the first one was maybe before they started keeping track yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey tim you, you still have happens. those stats up, I can uh, them up. I, i'm just i'm curious at the uh like the averages at the national level as well i i bet you they're 265 plus as well um for for which one are you looking for? For Doug. For, for Doug, obviously. Uh, uh, Doug's <laughs> average at nationals is two sixty three. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yours yours was actually less than that. We don't we don't care. No, Tim. it doesn't matter. Let's man. move on. Yeah, two fifty eight. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Doug's is two sixty three. Yeah. Because wow. what? How many of those nationals were you there as a, as a singles rep, Doug? Uh, twice a singles rep. One year, I, one year I was both singles and men's team. That would make okay. sense, yeah, because you had thirty-five games bold as a as a single, and then uh, seventy-four games bold as a as a team. So that, that would make some sense there, then for sure. Yeah, the, the first one was actually way back in seventy-nine. Okay, and the uh, the oddity on that one is um, I didn't know until I actually got to the nationals, being as it was sponsored by a brewery. You were supposed to be nineteen, and I was only eighteen. Oh. So, so the team members just made me drink a lot. Nobody would notice. (laughs) 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 And I think, I think we got a bronze that year. And that was a mixed team event. Yeah. Yeah. One less beer. That would have been another silver, Doug. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you spent a fair amount of time coaching Mike Warren by chance? (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm afraid to ask why. Sorry, I, I said I'm afraid to ask why. No, I, you're you're both wonderful players with like a huge resume, but M- Mike in in our time period has always been known as the guy who like should have won a ton of golds and just can't quite, you know. So my, Mike might be right behind you for that Hall of Fame, actually, too. He's he's gonna have quite a few there, Timmy. 
Mike, I can pull up Mike's too, actually. Cause Quite I a few some... points. Yeah. yeah he's, he has a lot of silvers. We know that. He has a, he has a lot of... Uh, he has Mike has a lot of silvers. Uh, Mike <laughs> Mike Warren has seven silvers and one bronze. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that mixed team event that was back when it was seven players, right? Yeah, that's right. I think that'd be. I think that would be really neat to get to play again. It's totally different now with like the six player format, but I think playing as well. I mean, I've, I haven't played that even, but I think a seven player format would be super neat to play actually. Did you did you have to have yeah. did you get two poles for that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You had, you had one male, one female pole. <laughs> That's awesome, and you could use it in the same yeah. game. That's neat. It yeah, it's, it's so, definitely a different format. Yeah. Yeah, create creates so much more uh, dynamic for the coach, and uh, I, I think the coach had more to do in a mixed team event than any other event that's out there. Uh, within our sport, uh, back when it was seven players, I know my, both my brother and, and uh, my mom were both on a national winning team, and yeah, it was like the double switch all the time, and uh, it would catch people off guard, and uh, it is pr pretty cool to watch, actually. Yeah. Oh, you're, no, you're right. It's totally different. Yeah, that'd be that'd be super neat. Um. So, Doug, uh, we. As we announced, you won the 1981 Autumn Open. Um, how, I guess, how many of those tournaments did you play, and did you travel quite a bit with uh, Lynn and Bruce and those guys playing those tournaments, or was it uh, you just decided one year you'd randomly show up at a few of these ones? I went for a few years playing playing most of them. Like I would, well, really just the Alberta ones. I could do Rose Bowl and do um, uh, the Autumn Open. I, I only went to uh, KG. I think I went to KG twice, and that was that was basically it. Um, I didn't really travel to a lot of those. It, when I was younger, I did, and then you know you get into getting married, buying a house, having kids, that sort of stuff. And it was like, yeah, it's hard to justify, you know, spending a thousand bucks to go to the prairies, not knowing that you're going to make money and have things to pay for. So we kind of kind of got away from a little bit of that, right. Was there a lot of local tournaments that kind of ran around that time? I do believe, wasn't there a 100-game marathon or a 50-game marathon around that area too? Yeah, the, the 50 was a little bit before my time. Thank okay. you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of 20s that were run out here. Port Moody ran a pretty big 20-game tournament. Um, there, there was... There was a few tournaments out here. There was a real good one in Kelowna for years in the summertime that a lot of the Alberta bowlers used to go to mm -hmm. the Ogopogo. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I, know, I know Lynn won that one year, I believe. Um, might have won it more than that before my time. But <laughs> yeah, I think Sav won there that. There's never, there's never been a lot of real money tournaments out this way. Yeah. What, what was the and, atmosphere? And, Sorry, Dad, what was the atmosphere like in those those early days of the tournament, say, uh, like the early 80s of the Autumn Open, for example? Oh, it was great. I mean, I, I, that was actually my favorite tournament was the Autumn Open. It's just the whole format of the, of the qualifying and then actually the second qualifying and then and then the whole match play idea. And, you know, the 15-round robin, as you guys know. Um, I love that one. Um 
probably didn't love Rose Bowl and KG as much because I didn't do anything in them. I always liked <laughs> Chinook. Chinook treated me well. That's where I won my uh, Masters. Was it? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Everybody seems to have that place where they just feel comfortable and at home, right? So, yeah, it's, it's nice if you can go back there already yeah, with I mean, that good feeling. Yeah, I mean, I was always comfortable there until Bruce came along and wanted I don't know, 17 years in a row. <laughs> well, Bruce and, and and Frank too, right? So did you know Frank fairly well? No, I've met Frank a couple of times, uh, but I, I didn't know him really, really well. Um, I knew him as, as a guy with a great sense of humor because we had a tournament in uh, Rutland just outside of Kelowna. And again, it was a, one of the qualifying, you know, eight game qualifying blocks and then a match play tournament. And Frank wasn't bowling, but he was he was there to play uh, the bowler investment seminar, as you guys like to call it now. <laughs> and uh, I can remember I needed a 1200. I needed 1200 my last four to make the cut and went 400, 200, 400, 200. <laughs> So Frank comes over and he wants, he buy he buys me an investment seminar because he likes how how uh, consistent I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Give yourself twelve hundred on, on, on well the I came in Yeah, hey, and you know what? Two hundred after a four hundred really isn't a terrible game. Like that's okay. That's a pretty good comeback, honestly. <laughs> it's still six hundred double. That's okay. Yeah. I've seen yeah, exactly. I've seen Nick yeah, Gottlieb yes. do, some, do something much worse. <laughs> well, what, did, what did Nick shoot that one time at TV? One thirty. One thirty. Yeah, no, it was it was one nineteen. It was it was like four ten, one nineteen, four like four oh five. Yeah, that's crazy. That's funny. Yeah, you guys had a lot of characters out there at that time, though, Doug. You had like Wayne Davies out there too, and then a bunch of other See, guys no. you, you traveled with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne, well, Wayne, Wayne Davies really is the guy that uh, taught me, showed me the way. Um, mm -hmm. I was lucky enough. I, I actually worked with Wayne for 15 years. Okay. So we, we were always together. Hmm. Who were wow. some of the other uh, uh, bowlers that you would travel with? Back then, let's see, from here, Larry Johnson uh, was always with us, oh, yeah. uh, Jim Turner, Wayne, myself. Um, out of the interior, there was like Bert Griffin and Jack Murphy. Um, yeah, it, 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 it was a good crew, a real competitive group of guys. Really, really competitive. A lot of them won the autumn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you hear? Well, what was that? Sorry. No, go, go ahead. No, no, yeah, after you, buddy. Oh no, so I got. There's a bit of a lag that comes in here, and I'm missing you guys. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, and we we always, uh, you know, when we go to those things, we would always pool our money in the Calcutta's together and stuff like that, and always have your own little group, as you guys know, in your doubles formats and that. It made for good traveling. Hmm. How was the money back then? Um, I'm trying to remember what paid when I won Chinook or the Autumn Open. Was it 3500 maybe back then? 
for first. And then the Calcuttas were big. There was guys there that were that would travel just for the poker games in the Calcutta. Mm-hmm. That that was uh, sorry, we're probably not allowed to use that term anymore. The poker <laughs> investment seminar. You know that that's so far back. The government's not going to come after us for that one. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, okay. I didn't make any money out of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you were kind of saying like a lot of a lot of the guys would come out just and play the Calcutta or the Bowlers Investment Seminar as it's called now. Um, was that a big part of the game? Um, now it doesn't seem so much like it's like a big part anymore. There's still guys that will do some betting like that, but um, from the stories we hear, like KG and the Autumn Open, like that was the biggest part of the the sport almost. It, it was it was huge. Yeah, it, it was really big. It was a big deal. I mean, a lot of, like I say, there was guys from out here. Um, I can think of two or three off the top of my head. They never, I don't think they've ever bowled a shift, but they were always there to bet on it. That's, yeah, yeah that's there crazy. Was, yeah, I mean, I think the year that I, I, I have no idea what guys sell for anymore, get rented for, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think I went for 135 the year that I won it and after that it was never under four or five hundred bucks yeah yeah it depends on which tournament we're at these days like you know 500 bucks 600 bucks I think is like pretty normal for like Calgary really sometimes Red Deer TPC and TPC is a little bit more and then and the Regina is massive the Calgary yeah. Regina is massive there's there's a few over a thousand thousand dollars yeah in Regina now so it's gotten it's gotten pretty big. That's where that's where I still think that like I know it's a long ways away, and I know we've talked about this lots, but I <laughs> I really think that like we got to get the betting into the game legally um, for five pin because if we can get outsiders betting on something they can view from at home, um, they will do that, and maybe we'll spark interest that way too. I would have never have cared to watch like darts ever. Or like pool or poker, if if there wasn't the gambling involved in it, honestly. So, yeah. I feel I still can't watch smart, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch poker, but I'm not watching dart. Yeah, I, I've heard many stories about some of those poker games back at the Autumn Open. Were you ever involved in any of those? Yeah, I was over on a little side table for twenty bucks. That's where we were. Because <laughs> there, there was hundreds, <laughs> if not thousands, going on on the, the the main tables, right? Well, yeah. When, when I won Chinook or won the Open, I can remember we went out for dinner and I came back and, and the hospitality suite was going. And within five minutes, I'd had three or four guys ask ask me if I could break thousand dollar bills for them. Oh. And I'm like, you know, and watching some of those guys playing cards was was insane. Okay, maybe I'm just piss poor, but I didn't even know thousand dollar bills existed. Not anymore. <laughs> They're used to. That's crazy. yeah, not anymore. I couldn't oh, yeah, even I mean, imagine walking around with those. I bet you Ken Black was, did though. Yeah, Blackie would. <laughs> For sure. Blackie right? yeah. probably still has them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy! No, there, 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 there was guys there that would uh, 
literally they, they wouldn't show up for the second shift or whatever because they'd played poker all night long and made enough money, more than they could possibly make bowling. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's how uh, Doug Clark won KG the one year too, wasn't it? Well, or he, he or he was at least playing the shift the next morning or whatever. He was no. Doug played and he gambled and he typical. Uh, well, Doug played throughout the whole night Saturday night, and then and and then he promptly played all Sunday championship, and he won. So he didn't go to bed all night sun, Saturday night, and he won Sunday. He tried that. He tried that in 2014 Olympics when we Sochi was there. And we decided we went to the rack the night before and we watched the game, the hockey game the night before. And we made our own breakfast at the rack and everything. He tried to do the same thing. Didn't work out. He was a little bit older then. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Doug fell asleep. Yeah. Real soon. The Jaeger didn't have the same effect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jaeger didn't work. Um, So Doug, we do have a question here from the, um, from the people watching. Um, did, were you able, ever able to throw a perfect game? And if you did, how many? Uh, I've got one sanctioned one. A couple that don't count and one sanctioned one. And was the sanctioned one in a league or was it in a tournament? It, it was in league. And you guys wouldn't understand. This is actually on wooden decks with wooden pins. Free fall. <laughs> wooden, well, wooden pins, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> All, I would the new, love all the new kids, there'd be no wood lanes left anymore. Yeah. Pretty well. <laughs> but I would love to see the wood pins back. I heard nothing they, but good they, things they, about the way they reacted. Yeah, no, it yeah, was totally they did, um, they did a study a number of years ago now, and uh, the plastic pins are like just like same people throwing shots, but it was like the plastic pins – it was like 11% of the time the, the pins were still left on the deck um, when they were knocked over. And like with the wood pins, it'd be, it was like 45% of the time the wood pins would bounce around and stay on the pin deck, which to me just means better scoring, right? The more things you have laying around on the deck, the better chance you have of like pushing things over. So I always thought it'd be super interesting to bring those back and see what, how they'd react these days. Would those studies be, be more of a slower speed? Uh, I don't yes. know. The, the yeah. it depends, it depends. Some houses, yes. Like I always found with the, the wood pins on that, you really had to play a direct line. Like you, I, I didn't, it didn't work for me to bend the ball much. Like it had to be almost on the nose. Hmm. Unless, unless like after a while though, I really learned to slow my shot down to try and carry in those places. So that's a question that that uh, Tom Patterson just brought up here too. He said uh, that you were incredible at changing speed, and and how do you do that? Because uh, honestly, for me, that that's changing speeds drastically is is a, definitely a challenge. It's game over. Yeah. yeah. What somebody said is because I'm older. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> no. Adam said I, that if he tried to slow down, that would be game over. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I feel better. And the fact that Tom Patterson said the fact that Tom Patterson said that makes me feel real good about it. Absolutely. No, I, I that that is something actually I worked really hard at learning how to do was to slow myself down. Because I used to throw, I, I'm gonna say probably typically close to speed to Adam. 
that was just the way it came out of my hand. I always threw hard. And then places like um, Kelowna or, or uh, Ogopogo, um, for instance, I played in there one year. And you always, you know, this is old school. You had your sheets on the desk, scorekeepers with you. And I remember bowling. I was having a rough tournament in there that I usually did. And throwing a 240 and having my scorekeeper look at me and go, well, that'll help you on the pins over average side. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I knew I had to find a better way to play that house. So, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I worked really hard at what I just started calling my little puff ball and it worked okay for me. Did you have some like tricks or tricks to help you do that? Some cues that like really worked or is it just slowed everything I, right it, down? Exactly. It was, sorry, Dex, it was, it was slowing everything down. Like my foot speed, everything. My arm swing was, you know, my back swing was probably only half of what it was yeah. and just, just kind of, just letting it fall out almost. Yeah, I, I imagine the backswing has got to be probably the the biggest key to that because, I mean, for me, the hardest part of trying to slow it down is still, like still accelerating through the follow through because you still got to be able to do that, yeah. right? So the, the backswing has got to be key for sure. Yeah, like it's funny. I was listening to um, your podcast with Jim Head last mm -hmm. night and listen, listening to him break some of the stuff down and. And I'm, I'm laughing at myself going, man, I'm not that technical. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's me. That's some me for sure. Yeah, yeah. Some people have to be and some people don't. Like if you just have like a, you know, a good control of your body and you understand what's going on, you don't have to be that technical, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. But some people, some people have to be and some people choose to be and it doesn't work out to be. I don't know. Yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have to assume that the hardest part would definitely be that backswing because especially now, like, we're so trained to drive through the shot at the line that uh, even if you have just a, a smaller backswing, you're, you're still kind of missing the pendulum because you're always going to try to finish the shot relatively hard anyways. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess probably the focus would be more on uh, rolling the ball at that point, Doug. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I still, I really had to concentrate on, on my, on my release on my fingers and make sure that I was still, you know, yeah. generating something of it. But as long as it was an, an end over end generation rather than like a, a side, as long as that, as long as the ball was rolling end over end as it went into the pins, I was fine. Hmm. That makes sense too. How good do the, do those like crack strikes sound on wooden pins? That like right on the nuts shot. There, there, there's nothing better. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing better than that sound. And we may never that's, get that's it when again. You, that's when you turn around. Yeah, that's when you turn around. I, you know what? Like, yeah. I, I, I love, uh, I love the wood lanes. And now, since we went synthetic, we'll never, like, I'll never get that shot ever. Even, even on plastic pins, right? And uh, it, it's gonna kill me. Like I, I lived off of thick strikes for the longest time. Now we'll never, we'll never able to get that. Sh you know, Adam, you lived off that too for a long time. Thick strikes for a long time. And we'll never get that real big cruncher as much anymore on synthetic lanes. Yeah, you just uh, get the ball. You can hear just everything sort of roll out now. It's more of a rolling out rather than a crash. Yeah. Everything just goes sideways. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Right? So that that same hit, I, I honestly, I still think you get the same reaction. You usually get the strike out of that same shot, but it's just it doesn't sound the same. Uh, like those, those crack strikes on old wood lanes. Oh, that's and the free yeah, fall. There's nothing better. Well, free free fall. I'd, I'd still probably be in trouble, but I get aces on that. Yeah, side Adam, probably. you might. Adam, you might get that same sound. Nobody else in the country does. <laughs> oh, there's there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Sly probably gets oh. like pro probably as many as anybody that I've seen. Uh, so much rotation. Yeah. End over end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, anybody have a next question before we get to uh, some of our special guest stuff here? Uh, actually, you know what, uh, Doug Lind actually did want me wanted me to bring up something for you. He came in on Friday. Yeah, Lynn Howell wanted me to bring something up for you. He said uh, it was like a, a memorable moment with you uh, back in singles in Victoria. He mentioned that it was the only time you could remember that uh, the Masters singles all got warnings in the in the event. You, you, Lenny, and Bruce. He, he wanted me to bring yeah, that yeah, up to you guys. Yeah, only the medalists got the warnings. Yeah, he wanted me to bring that up to you guys. Yeah. Bruce still doesn't think he deserved one. <laughs> I, 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 we brought this up last year when when Len went and and Bruce and I got together at the Open. Yeah. And Bruce still disputes it. He <laughs> thinks he didn't deserve it. Well, that's because Bruce could get away with absolutely everything. <laughs> so then he doesn't get away with something one time. <laughs> he just well, exactly. He's like, no, he he can't believe it was actually him. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what, what, was, what was the warning Sorry? for? What was the warning for? Well, that's just it. I, I, I don't even remember what Bruce's was, um, or Lens for that matter. I know I mine was warranted. I have no problem with that. I just um, for a while I actually had to wear glasses when I was bowling, and the problem was I found that they were really easy to pull off my face and throw them whenever I got upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and the old, the old benches, the way they were, you know, not, not the individual ones they have now, the hard old benches. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you hit the bottom of those properly, the glasses would shoot up the back and mine hit the judge of play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Adam, from my understanding, they're like the old Bonnie Doom benches, like the ones that, that, that curve around. Okay. So they curved all the way around, right? Is that remember, Doug? And then they like. And yeah, and so it's like uh, slingshots it. Yeah. Oh, here we go. And then uh, here's Lenny. He said, "I got a warning for sitting down. Uh, uh, sitting down after a strike, an ashtray flew and landed on the floor." I, I don't believe for a second you're actually that innocent, Len. There's no chance for sitting down. Yeah. I, I, remember, yeah, I don't. I remember the ashtray hitting the floor. And I, if I remember correctly, I think Bruce hit the ball return. I think. I think that's what happened. I think Bruce actually hit the okay. ball return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he'll tell you it was actually. But Bruce will tell you it was the guy on the other lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe him. Probably, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Bruce is a saint. What are you saying? <laughs> um, but but there was another question brought up. I think earlier. Uh, Nick Perkins was asking, who, who was your uh, favorite coach or teammate to be on a team with there, Doug? Oh, boy. Well, my, fav my favorite coach, they're, they're, you know, I've had a few of them, but 
uh, probably my, my best friend, he was the best man at my wedding, a gentleman by the name of Barry Hampton, who's, uh, he, he was quite a good coach. He's passed away now, that was a, had diabetes forever. Um, actually, it, it, I, I've probably disappointed a couple of other coaches now in, the, in a step ladder when they thought they were going into the pit with me, and I'm like, no. Uh, the last guy that was in the pit, maybe Barry, and nobody goes in again. Mm -hmm. um, teammate, I mean, I grew up basically born with Wayne Davies. So, I mean, he'd be one of my favorites for sure. Um, a guy I only got to bowl once with that you guys know very well is um, Matty Schultz. Mm -hmm. I thought the world of bowling with Matt. I would bowl on a team with him any day. I mean, I, I could list a whole bunch of other guys, but then again, I'm just going to piss off somebody I don't list. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's super neat that you would choose to not have a coach go down with you in the pit. That's unique and kind of, and, and really kind of cool, and that's quite the honor for for him, I would imagine. I, you know, I hope so. It's just sort of my little tribute. I mean, the last time I, w I was down, you know, in that situation – and I kind of looked at it and went, well, at my age now, if I need somebody down there to try and tell me what I'm doing, I shouldn't be down there. <laughs> yeah, totally fair. Mm -hmm. Probably could have told you to keep your glasses on, though. <laughs> <laughs> or caught them. Or caught them, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the pit, you're gonna... There's words I know that you didn't think I knew. <laughs> True story, Doug. Uh, long, uh, Dexter actually uh, had a shoe caught by a coach once and saved him from a judge of play. So you know, I, I've I've never I've never had a warning, never had a warning at any tournament ever. I'm I'm, I'm pretty good for that. Anyways, we were at Four Steps Nationals in 2006, and I had these Dexter shoes, and uh, we were going into the well. It was the final day. And we were facing Northern Ontario. And so at this point, we have the this match left and then three games after that left. And we're fighting for anywhere between first and fourth. And I'm anchor, and I go up. And uh, it, I think I think we're ahead by like – or no, we're not ahead. I think we're down by like five. And I go up, and I throw the strike to start. And my heel comes off, and I slide about – six inches past the foul line. So I got the strike, but I get the foul. And, and now I'm pretty pissed off because, like, there was nothing I did. My heel came off. What am I going to do? So I, I put this heel back on, and I take probably three more, like, practice slides, make sure it's on there, good and solid. I'm like, okay, good to go. Grab a ball, throw another strike. But, you know, you throw it a little bit more aggressive because now you got the ball in your hand. Heel comes off again, six inches past the foul line. Final shot, same thing. I ended up take, kicking the heel, take, took off my shoe, and just rifled it backwards. And and it just so happened to be at the judge of play, who was uh, she was she was difficult to deal with as it was throughout the tournament. But Cisco Byersberger was our coach, and just like like a bat catcher, straight out caught it midair. They <laughs> were totally totally happy Gilmore with the with uh, the putter like his caddy it was totally like that 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 did end up costing us bronze so yeah. um but uh yeah I was I was pretty pissed off I even wrote Dexter shoe company immediately after being like this is garbage 
fix your shit. <laughs> and they never wrote back. They yeah, did. They yeah. said, we're wow. sorry. This is the first we ever heard of this problem. Yeah. And then the next year they came out with like some solutions for it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I've, I've received that response. Yeah. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All BS. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Doug, we got some special guest questions here. We're going to let Adam head it off for you. Um, you don't have to answer the question if you don't want to, but uh, we know everybody listening wants to hear your thoughts. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Bring him back, Carrie. Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. uh, Doug, who's your, uh, your mentor slash idol growing up? Or when you got I think I'd have to say yeah, I'd have to say Wayne was my mentor, without a doubt. I mean, I I started bowling with Wayne when I was 18, I think, it did, at an all-star league in Vancouver. And uh, <laughs> funny thing is, in, in order to get a, to bowl down there, I needed a job out of school. And Bob Gaylor, who was a great bowler, um, his father owned a company. They were looking for a guy. So, I, okay, I'll work. That's where Wayne worked. So it was great. They got me a job so that I could bowl. And I kind of thought, well, you know, I'll work here until I find real work. And I'm still working there. Wayne's retired. Um, so he would definitely be my mentor. Um, you know, idols. I don't know that I've, you know, sat back and thought he was, I'd like to be like him. You know, don't tell Bruce that. He thinks I want to be like him. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, Wayne really would just, Wayne just stands out in my mind. Was there anybody's type of game that you were trying to emulate uh, as you grew up? Not really. Like in, in Maple Ridge where we grew up, there wasn't, you know, we had our league, but there wasn't a whole lot until, you know, like even in, in the YBC days and that, I there really wasn't anybody for me to bowl with. Like I started bowling senior tournaments when I was 15. And just sort of caught on, got to meet guys like Wayne and Jim Turner and Bob Gaylor and all those guys. It was a whole group of them. And they always they just they all took me under their wing kind of thing and said, here, come with us. So it wasn't a matter of trying to emulate them. I guess in a way I was, but I never really thought about it like that. Hmm. Oh, fair enough. Uh, did you have a uh, favorite event when you were playing? Well, I mean, cash tournaments was always, um, like you say, the, the, the autumn open. And I guess the Ogopogo, just because of the, the, the summertime, a lot of the Alberta bowlers would come out to Kelowna. We'd, we'd bowl a couple of shifts. Saturday afternoon was always a, a round of golf up at Gallagher's Canyon. Um, you know, back in the motel, the motel we stayed at had a great big courtyard. We'd all be barbecuing out there and that. It, it, it was just a fun tournament, even though the cash was pretty good. Um. Other than that, you know, and, and, and my masters, I just always love bowling masters. Don't tell you open that, but <laughs> you, oh, they you already know. got into the hall of fame. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no take. I, I don't have that yet. So let's not go too far with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. 2021. You look how serious <laughs> Tim, Tim got there for a second. He just like, <laughs> all of a sudden he's like, hmm. Yeah, writing stuff yeah. down over there. Tim just hit the leap. Did you have a, a toughest or most memorable match that you can think of? Yeah, probably. Like, it's funny because I, I, 
been watching some of the podcasts. I knew this one might be coming. Probably uh, against Bruce, of course. Um, I believe it was 91. I stand corrected because every time I say a year where we were somewhere, I get corrected. I'm, we weren't there that year. Uh, whatever. It was in Victoria. Uh, same year. The same year of the uh, of the yellow cards with the three of us. And and played Bruce in the final for the uh, for the gold medal, which he got. Uh, but that's that's probably my the one that I look back on a lot. I mean, after after losing to Bruce, I had to take two years off of the game. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got. It's funny. I got home and I, I remember telling my wife um, to show how close Bruce and I are. That night at the banquet, and I hadn't phoned home yet or anything else. So Bruce phones home to my house. To, to tell Nancy that, yeah, Doug, Doug was, was pretty good today. I was just a little bit better. He would throw in, you know, and he's over in the corner tanked and I'll take care of him. Mm-hmm. That's like next level <laughs> troll. I can't wait. I to beat, to, can't wait to beat Tim the next time and call Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> My mother doesn't care about me. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, Scott, then. When I got home from that one, I can remember I, I told my wife, Nancy, I says, I'm, I'm going to take next year off kind of thing. And she says, why? Because you lost? I'm like, no, because I lost and it doesn't bother me that I lost. I just felt like I'd lost an edge. Not that losing to Bruce was losing an edge. I mean, the guy, the guy was definitely the best. So, but it just, it, it, I wasn't seeing it properly, so I ended up taking two years off. Yeah. Uh, Lenny Anseth is chiming in here. He says uh, he's still stinging from the nine bagger he threw at him in the semi. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, does he mention that up until then he beat me four straight games and then I was averaging about 208? <laughs> I think it stings a little bit more now that you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> D- Doug, if only you can make him quit for us, we could have done us a, like a huge favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still can't believe Len sat down. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe no. it. There's no way he sat down and that then flipped out. There's no way. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> I've never seen the guy sit. No, <laughs> Len, Len is high energy. Yeah, he he was running around in a circle or something and hit it. Guaranteed. <laughs> I don't remember. I was, I guess I would tell then I was busy in my nine bagger. I don't know what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. He he heard you. (laughs) 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 That's a better troll. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Uh, What what did you use for bowling equipment at that point? It's funny. I, I thought you might ask me that. I have no idea, Adam. How's that for you? We're <laughs> <laughs> using house balls wherever you went. I, <laughs> no, actually, the, the, I ended up with a. I, I'm trying. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the make that I bought. Um, and and I had like one set of balls that I just. That's all I ever used. I I, I, I used to almost laugh at people. I watch walk in packing a, you know, container load of balls with them, averaging, you know, whatever. And it was always the ball's fault. It was like, oh, I got to change balls. I got to change balls. 
Well, really? If throw one of them properly and it won't be an issue. <laughs> That's what I've been saying for years. <laughs> yeah, initially yours became uh, came from a ball change, Adam. You went to the Starlands, and all of a sudden things started working. You never went away from the Starlands. Yeah, but well, that ball change made a big difference to you. I was winning with the other ones too, but they, these are just way more consistent. Love them, and what, they weren't mine, so I, I still apparently have to pay for those. Uh, but uh, I think I don't know. The check's still in the mail to, to Joe Wood. So yeah, they're, they're gonna have to give. They're gonna force you to like change the initials on that at some point with everything yeah. going on in the world <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what what colors were they, Doug? Sorry, what what colors were your balls? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> uh, sorry, what was that? What uh, what? <laughs> I won't go there yet. They were sparkling and green. They were sparkling. They were green black color ball with just yeah. No, they were solid black with a bit of a with a sparkle to them. Yeah, Jackie knows exactly what your balls look like. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were Starlines, Dougie. They were star Starlines as well. There you go. Really? Back then? No, they're not Starlines. Star no chance. The sparkles back then? Yeah. Starlines. The no? No, wait a minute. Don Sim oh. says they're Electra. Ah, there you All go. right. Don Sim will know for sure. Oh, Electra. There, there you go. That's what they were. Hmm. Well, thanks for the help. I, I would go upstairs. <laughs> and have it. I could go yeah. check, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's worn off by now. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. I, I am glad to go to Jackie. She knew. Yeah, no, she yeah, she was adamant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, now do you, you're obviously not too into the game anymore, but if was there anything that you may have missed on your bucket list? Yeah, a team gold medal, big time. I love that you specified yeah, team as well. That says a lot. As in, as in an open, you mean, or as a mixed, or which would you prefer? No, any, I just any just any, team. Yeah, I would I would take an open men's, an open mixed, a, a masters men's, anything, anything, and a team that would set color at a national event. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I th I think it's great that you specify that you you want a, a team gold medal, and and you know doesn't you know you don't seem like an individualistic person at all. Um, you seem like you know the team event is kind of where you want to be and thrive. Yeah, I like so. That. Sorry, I said my wife would argue that point. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's the and, woman's job, isn't it? <laughs> and, and the fact he does have that singles victory in the Masters too, right? So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah true enough. Yeah. Uh, it, no, I know. Like the last year, in in two thousand and ten, which was my last year, um, and you know we the gold was pretty much it was in our hands to start the last day. And it and it slipped away. Um, that that stung for a long time. 
Understandably, yeah. That that was in Sudbury, was it not? Ten, no. Yes. Yep. Ten was Sudbury, and I, I, and I'm pretty sure. In fact, it was the that team in blue that beat me again. I I, I wasn't part of that team, but I think that was the Wilton and Perry Gillum and Tom Stevenson team, right? Yeah, Lynn was a coach, I think, right? Lynn was coaching for yeah. sure. Yeah, I remember them telling me that story. Right? It was tough. Yeah. Doug, yeah. Is there anybody that you didn't have a chance to play that, if you could go back in time to play? Um. Oh, and, I would have loved to. Have, uh, <laughs> what was that? Oh, sorry. I keep on forgetting Mark. Sorry, Mark, Mark, was Mark Johnstone tried to do on that team. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim. <laughs> sorry, Mark. Oh, Tim. If I could, maybe um, if, I, if I'd been around a bit earlier and been able to play against Frank Levine, would have been cool. Just because, I mean, the man, the, 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 he, he's, he's beyond a legend out here. Um. Other than that, I think, you know, I had my turns to play almost all the guys that I watched or grew up with because I got, I got in young enough to play all those guys and still hung around, you know, long enough to play just before you guys. Well, I, got, I got a chance, I guess, to play Adam, but not against you, I don't think, Adam, but you, we, uh, in Hamilton, was the first time I saw you play. Yeah, just uh, not not enough. I, I I still wish I had like five years earlier to be able to play some of the like yourself and have the opportunity to play against like Bruce a little bit more and say stuff like that. I five five years. That's all I wanted. Five more years and to have television coverage back then as well. Those are the only two things oh. I. Nah. Yeah, I, I mean, I what just, you guys are doing. Go ahead, Doug. Sorry. No, sorry. No, I said what you guys are doing now with the with the tour and the TV coverage and everything and showing this stuff. I think it's just phenomenal. Like I'm I'm sitting back, same as I heard Bruce's you know podcast. You're going, man, this is stuff that we wish we had 25 years ago. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's what we always heard from everybody is like, oh, I wish there was somebody doing a tour. Or wish this was happening, and we just finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> In a baseball parking lot. <laughs> so, was, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so, uh, sorry, sorry, Adam. So, um, you said you played against Adam and Hamilton. Was that for Masters as well? Yeah, that we were in the match. I don't know whether I, I don't know whether Adam and I actually played against each other or not. I just remember that was the first time I saw Adam and, and Matt Schultz. Yeah, Karen Carey was on that team as well. Yeah, that would have been my rookie. Hmm. Oh, were you Carey Sword? Yeah. No, hey, I, no worries. <laughs> I remember I was one of the games earlier on that week looking over at uh, at you guys throwing balls and Larry Johnson was coaching us. And he kind of tapped me on the shoulder and he looks at me and goes, we're not playing the same game as those guys, are we? I, I go, no, that game left a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hmm. yeah, that would have been me, Adam, Matt, Sean Smith, and Harvey. Harvey. Yeah, with Giggy coaching. Yep. 
That wasn't a very good, good year. <laughs> uh, that was the closest I've ever been. Going to the last match against Southern Ontario, I remember if we take seven we win gold, we took two and finished fourth. Oh. It was crazy. Harvey's losing his mind because I don't think he had a, a medal at a national before that. So, Oh, that, that, that would hurt. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't think you want the running. So I really what's, what's Lynn say there? Uh, Lynn wants, wants to know. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where BC finished that day. Yeah, I don't think it matters. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think who, who else was right in it. I want to say Quebec was right in it. Saskatchewan. There's, there's a fourth team. Saski? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm guessing Jim Head said uh, it was a great year, so they must have won that year, I'm guessing. It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lynn wants to know, what is the most hamburgers you've ever had from McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That that's a story from uh, I think it was Kamloops. Uh, I I had no idea that Lynn does not like to have somebody order any more food than he does. And we were the three of us, Lynn and Bruce and I, were in a McDonald's, and I'd ordered what I or normally order. I don't remember what it was. And Lynn, or, I mean Bruce, is always an instigator. You know, he pokes Lynn and he goes, "He ordered." And Bruce, Lynn takes that as a, as a challenge. So he has to order more and I order more. And I don't know. We probably spent $25 each at a McDonald's. <laughs> back, back, back when burgers were a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce walks out with chicken nuggets and Lynn and I can barely carry the bag of food we've got. <laughs> I'm guessing Lynn was done first. Oh God, yeah. yeah. He didn't make it back to the ball. <laughs> uh, so, so, so I got two two more questions for you, Doug. Um, do you have a kind of an obscure uh, either stat or an achievement that many may not know about you? Well, what? Yeah, one that one I bring up now, and I never paid attention to this until. I heard Ron Sandnets talking about it one day, um, about making it to a national event in five different decades. Hmm. But I did that before my 50th birthday. Huh. What? YBC? Which, like, I think it's about 28 days before my 50th birthday. I got my fifth in 2010 in Sudbury. Wow. That's incredible. My, my first one was 79. It's, the first one was in 79 before I was old enough actually to be there. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's an incredible that, that's, that's my one that's my one step. Love that's, it. That's super neat. And that's, that's that just I, shows you how good you were for how long, right? That's and like dominant. Like obviously super good if you're making internationals in all those decades. That's really cool. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I keep asking that question, right? Because it, yeah. there's always something that just is, it amazes me for when I hear it. I, I'm going to put that out on, on uh, Facebook to, to see what else is out there. I'm going to do that to see what the, the population is. That, that's crazy, Doug. That's awesome. Well, that's good. You got to do something to replace your lists. What lists? 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> leave, it to, leave, it, leave it to Big Daddy to be the guy to like know that stat too. I yeah, there's a guy I miss from the game too right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Ron has got uh, got five decades in as well at national. Yeah, that, I think 2000, 2010 would have given it to him as well. That's awesome. That's Ron, super cool. Ron and I were Calgary rookies in Lethbridge for the Open the one year when he was playing in Calgary. And I got the French-made outfit. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Ron try to rock that. that do you know who I am? <laughs> I, I would have paid to see that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then last question that I've, uh, I've kind of got is, uh, obviously you've been around the game for, for a very, very long time. Um, what type of improvements uh, are, are still needed uh, or what, what can we help with as the bowling community to take this to another level? Jeez. I don't... See, now you're talking to a guy who hasn't been around for over 10 years, really. Um I, I, all I all I can go by is what I see in BC, and I, I and I it's so sad out here. I mean, we're losing centers. We're, we're, we're we seem to be losing interest of of the younger people. I mean, yeah, there's some some good young players out there in, in Jordan Schuss and um, Marcus and and a few of the other guys that are out there. Um, but they're Matt Matty Harms, Daryl Wood, but there's just there's it doesn't seem to be a lot coming along, and there doesn't seem to be. Um, any help from the proprietor side of it because out here right now it's like oh the property value is this I pay my taxes on this well I think I've made it and I'm done and we're losing centers all the time there's ones now that we depend on that I know are up for sale so I, I, I'm afraid of where BC is even going to be in five years Yeah. what you guys are doing um, and, and what I hear, like, I think Newfoundland's running some sort of a tour now, and you've got the Ontario guys, um, are great. Every, it's, it's like at the, at the Rockies, it sort of picks up on that side, but it's sure dead on this side. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know the answer to your question, how to help. I, I'm sorry, I really don't know. It's, it's hard when property values are, like, through the roof out there too, right? I mean, they've they've owned these buildings for how long, oh. and then and then all of a sudden they you know they're worth like ten million dollars. Like it it's crazy, and like that's that's I I totally understand because that's retirement money for people. And who's gonna who's gonna buy the business when the property values that much? Who who's got that coin just laying around, right? Um, losing Langley, losing Willowbrook was uh, a big big loss, and. Um, seeing Scottsdale up for sale is is uh, difficult, and then you just lost Old Orchard, and I know Cloverdale has switched hands how many times at this point? And North Shore um, closed, right? North Shore yeah. is closing, right? So I North Shore, I believe, just about done. Yeah, I, I read that. Um, you know, and I, isn't isn't Poco isn't one of the centers being uh, bought by the city and then being used or being torn down or something? being used like so yeah yeah so yeah, the, city, the city's going to be basically rebuilding it just down the street and then the, the family as i understand it, is going to be leasing that from poco so there will still be a center there mm -hmm. 
And Poco is one of the bigger ones out there now, right? You know, like uh, Chilliwax is not—it's not well kept right now, right? And and just I—I I really feel out there. Like honestly, like just an outsider looking in, I'm. It's just the t- community out there is not very uh, embracing right now. I don't think, and uh, it—it's tough, right? And uh, like I, I see Okanagan doing okay. I see the island doing okay. Um, but you down there, and Doug, maybe you can attest. But the the zones down there used to have, you used to have two or three zones down in the lower mainland. You could really only have one now, right? Yeah, you only have one now, right? Really, I mean, you're not for one zone, right? Yeah, I mean, they still run three zones, but yeah. it's not like you've got an abundance of people showing up. Like we we, as last I checked, I mean, they they're not even able to fill the the young men's ladies in a mixed team. Yeah, yeah. Basically, your zones. I, it, yeah, sorry. No, yeah, our zones. You used to. You, I mean, my time. You'd show up and you'd have forty men, forty ladies show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, and and like, and and the the unfortunate side is like, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to get anybody to open a new center out there too. Like, I, I just I just don't know how that's even possible these days with property values being as expensive as they are. That's such a huge upfront cost putting all it in and then you know you got to commit yourself to being into that business for a long time and then to try to keep your prices at a point where people are going to be coming in um it is it's it's a challenge i I could see it being an absolute challenge and 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 the few that that have opened up um and not recently but you know let's say in the last 10 or 12 years they opened up but they opened up as as for lack of a better word play centers yeah, it, it's yeah. you know it's 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 the 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 lights and the smoke and everything else and it's uh it's not geared towards league bowling or anything like that uh, and the, the competitive end of it well that's that's a waste because you just can't fill those leagues. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, that that's that centers around the country really. Um, it new centers, anyways. Um, you can be absolutely committed to furthering the game while still running it as a, an entertainment facility. Um, the, I think uh, Nebs is obviously like the, uh, the template for that. Um, but I, it's the, uh, it's the most, it gives you the best opportunity to survive. I think um, offering more than just bowling, unfortunately. Oh, you've got to have, you've got to have both. Or you're not going to make any money. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so we kind of mentioned like uh, the sport struggling, not only in BC, we, we all know it's struggling across Canada. Um, the professional side has kind of picked up here the last little bit, but um, attendance is definitely going down across the board. And one suggestion somebody had mentioned is, uh, do you put a showcase on teams more than singles? And if that would help things out. Um, so we'll kind of go around the horn on this one. Um, I guess I'll chime in first. My my thought process is there's already two national team events. Um, you can always add another one maybe on the tour side of things. But you look at there's a lot of solo sports out there with singles that are doing fantastic. Look at golf. Look at, you could say, darts. You could say there's there's sports out there that people watch that are singles as well. So I don't know if a team would – make it more watchable or it adds a different factor to it. That's for sure. Quite frankly, we need the masters 
as well as the open on TV. Like the, the open stepladder is probably as intense uh, of a scenario that you're going to find in our game, especially in a team event. And that's the type of an event that would draw people into our sport. Unfortunately, we can't even get like, well, much for video during the actual competition, right? It's uh, very, very tough. And we also, we've talked about it a few times before that it's just not feasible for, for you know, many providers and, and stuff like that to, to, to get the, the Wi-Fi and all that stuff. I get that. Um, but if we could get that type of a team event onto a, uh, like a, even a semi-global platform, I, I think we would do really well in getting our, our sport to another level just by that. I don't. I don't think you'd have to even worry about the Wi-Fi and the live streaming of that. If if we want to have something like that, I think that 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 would be something else that we could, you know, have professional production of and have, you know, uh, better filming up and then releasing that as you know a, a solid hour long episode of something. Um, uh, five I, pin universe. Five pin universe. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think that yeah, I would I would go wayside with the Wi-Fi. I mean, you could stream it then too if you wanted, but um, I, I think if you want to put it onto like a global like a video thing, I think the professional production is definitely the way to go. Do you guys do you guys think that some that the people will watch a, an hour long team event like that? I mean, I used to watch like six-hour so. cricket matches. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I absolutely. I I think I think if you are invested in what you're wanting, you're invested in. I think, I think yes, I think you would be. Um, I think another team event. I I don't think so. Right. I I think if we televise what we got in team events, yes. Right. I think. Um, or like a, a league situation where you have all these WCBT members drafting a team that, and playing. That, that would yeah. be different. That would be different. But yeah. but I'm thinking, but like as for another team event, we don't. I don't think so. If you had if you had WCBT, Kerry, if you had a Thursday, the Thursday before, and you had the league like on that Thursday before, right? Perfect. Yes, televise it. We can run something that Thursday before for each event i'm not a problem with that um but adding another sh another event in a schedule i don't know if you would be able to do it i don't think right so um yeah i i, I think i think if you're if you're televising like the open step ladder or um or something like that i think if people were invested in it there's for sure i mean heck we we, we have people how many live people watching live stream for qualifying on a heritage traditional or tpc my grandparents, Doug, this is crazy. My 80-year-old grandparents, if, whether Dexter and I are, are not qualifying, they have they go in their computer room. They have one computer set up over here, and they have one other one set up over here. They have their ice cream and their popcorn. And they have their two coffees, and they sit there for 16 hours watching yeah. bowling. Yeah, and no I, joke. And, and they call us, and they're like, hey, are you guys bowling? And I was like, Grandma, I'm not bowling today. He's like, okay, well, let's watch these people bowl. I was like, yeah. you guys, you guys are crazy. Why, why are you doing this? It's like we, just, we like watching bowling. I was like, okay, well, you do you, and and I'll we'll tell you, let you know for bowling Sunday. Like, <laughs> right? they, they, they have a personal connection as well with many of the players that are coming down to the TBC. So for, for yeah. sure, yeah, that, but but it's crazy though. That's a big difference. 
It's crazy. Yes, it's awesome, but it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I, like, uh, but they enjoy it, right? And then that's a lot of the people. So if you have a, if you have that in, peak interest, I think yes, I think that would people would watch it. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot easier to do this stuff like on live streaming um, because unfortunately some of these events aren't built for television, right? Like Autumn Open is prime example. It's fifteen games around match play round robin. But there's no stepladder. There's no way you're going to know where the champion is going to be unless they're leading by extraordinary amounts. Then you could follow them. But, like, it's not built for TV. Live streaming, it works. You can kind of move it around, follow it. But um, building a production around it is going to be pretty tough. And I think Masters has the same problem. They don't have a stepladder finish, right, um, for for a team side of things. So if, if these events could get television forward and prepare themselves to have something that could be pr produced and published that would make a lot more sense but if you're if you're going to go with tv you've got to have a step ladder it's i mean that's the 10 pin learned 50 years ago yeah. the only way they could make it work on tv was that step ladder finish mm -hmm. so step ladder or, or bracket system it's not something that that the viewers can follow along into a finalization of an event. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I do want to touch the point with this, Nathan. You said, how the heck, since I'm not going to swear, it's cornhole on TV <laughs> and not five-pin bowling. You're afraid uh, of saying hell? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> Everything I, else uh, you put on here. I, I've changed after my, my apology a few times ago. So, um, Which one? Anyway. <laughs> so... From my understanding, Nathan, how it worked was TSN was brought on by the proprietors. Proprietors paid through their lane bed fees and through their dues to pay to have TSN on television, okay? So after a while, they had to cut something, and, and that because obviously money was going, and they needed to cut something, so that's how TSN got cut. So TSN never came to bowling and said, hey, I want to put you guys on television. It was more or less, hey, can you put us on TV? Here's all our money we want to put you on. It's how much it's going to cost you to put us on TV, and that's how it came to be. With CBC, somebody knew that somebody on CBC who bowled and was a big uh, a lover of the game and that had uh, worked with the background of it, and a broadcaster so he, or somebody in the background, they pushed it to be on CBC. He retired, obviously, when they made cuts – Bowling was the first cut because he wasn't there, right? So that's how bowling got off television. Somebody retired. Somebody didn't want to pay anymore. It didn't kind of make – that's how it kind of worked out. So when it comes to curling and cornhole, when you have sponsorship or when you have a lot of money to throw that way to put it on television, it makes it a little bit easier to have it on TV, right? So um, that's where when we say you guys want to have it on television, we got – if you guys want to share stuff and comment and we, we can have algorithms to show people and make it attractive to people, the sponsor, that's how we do it. So um, that's sort of a download of how TSN CBC kind of came to, came to light there. All right. And I, I almost had a nap through that. <laughs> <laughs>
So, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Even I, I could have bowled a game through that conversation. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I bet Austin probably loved it though. So okay, so this let's let's just let that go. It, it all comes down to money. It's all funding. Yeah. Yes, and uh, the money's got to come from somewhere. The television production they charge through the nose. And um, I know the last time we did end up getting it on CBC was that Sports Day in Canada uh, down in Calgary. And I don't even know what year that was, like 2012, 11 or 12, I think, 11, I want to say. BC Nationals, right? Yeah. And And, uh, if I remember the the numbers correctly, I heard it costs like C5, like $8,000 to get that event on to that particular uh, we just show. we just need more more Cheerio campaigns and we'll be fine. <laughs> it was huge. It was yeah, it was huge amount. Yeah, 2011. Um, yeah, but uh, and I got to assume that you know when we did have TSNs and CBCs, we had those sponsorships uh, like Hiram Walker and uh, I'm sure there's probably smoke companies back in the day as well that were involved. And none of that stuff goes on TV anymore, right? So until we have another sponsor that comes in that that takes the interest in the game, I don't know. I think uh, I think Judy Baker up here is right too. Uh, she says you need the characters. You need you need to be people, not celebrities, or they need to be people, not celebrities. I totally agree. You need to have the characters. That's what really drove like you know um, darts as well. You see the guys come out with their flashing like you know mohawks and stuff i think you know if we if we allowed hats at the tour it'd be way better um <laughs> oh, I, I peaked K- carrie's attention no you um uh, but i uh i, I think if, if we were to ever do like post-production of like a stepladder final or anything like that i think it'd be awesome if we did have like you know um some people with like major personality to like do the commentary um you know i just started watching uh Holy moly! I don't know if anybody's watched it yet, but it's like it's yeah, extreme. Watch, watch yeah, you have it. Yeah, it's extreme mini golf, and they have what's his name, Rob Riddle. Rob Riddle. Rob Riddle. Yeah. Rig Riddle. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I I like the guy. I think he's hilarious. I think stuff like that you get you get somebody like Len Anseth on there. Um, you know, chirping at people. Um, I I, I think. We need something like that too. We need we need to have some entertainment and some like humor in it, so that people that don't even understand our game can still be entertained. Len, Len with a mohawk. <laughs> oh man, like he could grow one now. I mean, I, I'm no better, but like, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Well, we could get a fake one. We could, make, we could get a fake one made up for Len. <laughs> I heard a story about Len last week's. Where they were playing lawn darts, and he almost took a lawn dart into his head. That's probably the closest thing to a mohawk you'll ever have. Crickets. Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there, there's been a big push over the last couple of years because we, we've we asked all all of our guests kind of that same question. Okay, what what's the sport missing? Right, and everybody's they bring up the okay. Well, we need to really promote you know, the stars in the game, promote some of the um, the characters of our game. And I, I still think from a national level, that's missing, right? So if if we do really truly want to get this back onto that type of a level, well, that's got to come right from the top as well, right? Yeah. Well, no when, 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 the when the nationals are going on, you know, for lack of a better word, they're going on in obscurity. Nobody, like when they're out here last year, other than the boulders, who knows they're here? 
There's no, there's nothing out there. There's, you know, even the local TV, they're not, as far as I know, they're not contacted. Nobody's out there checking it out. The last time I, I mean, back 30 years ago, and it would always be Calgary where we always had some TV coverage. Yeah. Well, like uh, for the WCBT, um, before we go to every event, we send out emails to all the broadcasters and everything in that city to hopefully draw some attention. And Regina has been kind of the most um, most successful at that. They they at least take a couple of interviews with some players from that area and stuff like that. But it's hard. It's hard to get um, these news outlets, actually the major news outlets like the Globals and stuff like that, to pay attention to a sport that they don't they don't pay attention to otherwise besides that day, right? Years years ago, when the the Nationals were out this out here in Vancouver, and a friend of ours contacted Global about some sort of coverage for this, and basically she was told. When you can fill Rogers Arena with people watching it, we'll pay attention. Yeah. That was the response we got. That's horrible. Unless you know somebody. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. That That's crazy. Yeah, no. We, we, we've been fortunate on Edmonton. I do get a little bit of uh... – I do get a little bit of uh, hit back on some stuff after so many years of getting that, but uh... I think we were gaining some traction for TPC this year. Um, we finally got uh, the the Chamber of Sherwood Park really like interested and committed into into what we're doing uh, for TPC, and and I think um, with us partnering up with like Nietzsche's Pizza and uh, Marty sh- at uh, Marty next door for the flower shop, who was the head of the Chamber of the Commerce. Um, they're both very committed to having TPC at least some sort of coverage. So uh, hopefully that, hopefully with COVID and everything that's gone on with that, hopefully that still comes true. But uh, I mean, what better time to put something on yeah. on TV at this point, really? Well, uh, like Doug kind of hit on earlier, you go to these national events um, in any of the provinces and who shows up that isn't a bowler? The mayor shows up for opening ceremonies to wish him good luck, and that's it. You don't mm-hmm. see another yep. city person, another any of that. And it's like a four or four or five day event. Like this is going on for a long time. Most times, it's taking up place in three different centers in that city. Those people are staying in hotels. They're supporting the local co- economy. Yeah. You might, you know, you, you might get, uh, you know, a few of the local people and it may not sound nice, uh, some of the senior citizens and that come in to watch. 100%. But, you know, you don't get young people coming in to watch it. They're just wandering in off to, oh, yeah, bowling's in town. Let's go have a look. Nobody, uh, nobody comes in. <laughs> I'll tell you a story here, Doug. We had a we had a very eventful TPC one year. Um, oh. it, it, was, it, was, it was really interesting. Um, we were... You know, we were we were just running the tournament. The next thing I know, Ma- uh, Mark Miller comes up to me and goes, "Milo's Roundish is in your lounge," and I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, Milo's Roundish is in your lounge." I'm like, "You're full of shit." <laughs> He's like, no, go take a look. Sure enough, you go around the corner. Milo's Roundish is in our lounge. <laughs> we're like, "What is happening?" He he had was dating one of the bowlers or dating one of the bowlers' cousins or whatever, and he just randomly showed up to this tournament to come check it out. Super weird. Um, like maybe five hours later, 
three, four random guys off the street come into the bowling alley. What's going on? Uh, we have this major tournament going on. Can we stick around and watch? Sure, absolutely. So they drank a bunch of beer. They knew Derek Gall somehow. I think it was work-related or something. Um, stuck around, watched, watched bowling, drank a beer. Next thing I know, I go to the back to start setting up the bowling investment seminar, and I hear yelling, and I come out, and these guys had, like, ran all the way down the lanes in between somebody's shots, slid into the pins, turned around, <laughs> ran back out, ran out the back door, and we never saw them again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe we should keep a closed door. <laughs> that was the one experience around. Yeah, yeah. If we could have caught that on TV, we would have got some viewership for sure. But it was, it was, it was an interesting day, man. It was really weird. Hey, Doug, did you have any questions for us or any stories you want to share? No, no, not really. Um, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't thinking about questions for you guys. I said, I, I just, um, being, being asked to do this was such a, uh, I, well, Jim found out, I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> but, I, but I know what you guys are doing. Adam, Adam, I've been lucky you and I've met a few times now. So mm -hmm. when I knew that you were on it, yeah, I'll, I'll go on there. Then I can talk to Adam. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee I I'm loving this more than anybody, Doug. When, when, when I, I'm pretty sure Adam, when he sees me now in the lanes, he starts thinking I should go in the other direction because I'm there. He thinks I'm stalking him now because I'm always coming over and saying hi. <laughs> more than welcome. It's only because it's because I don't recognize anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. so good, Doug. Oh. I know I, if I could say one thing before we go, and this is going to be off the bowling topic. Sure. You guys know, know a lot of my background, medical life. Uh, if I could ask one favor of the people that are watching or listening, and, and that's if you're not a blood donor or an organ donor now, please register. It keeps sad, sorry, sad sacks like me alive. And uh, that's just my little my little plug for the night. And I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do that, but uh, you guys are such good guys. I know you don't think you'll mind me just throwing that out there. No, I, I think it's uh, incredible. Um, your your whole story that you went through and um, what you've battled through is incredible. And uh, I, I think that's a great PSA to throw out there. Uh, you, you don't need your body when you go. Like... No, uh, right. G give somebody else a chance, right? I ab absolutely agree. No, 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 you really, you really don't. Like you say, I mean, it, it, it. I'm pretty sure when you're gone, it's not that painful when they take the parts out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can attest that it's painful when they put them back in. And, and, and the other one is, of course, the uh, the bone marrow registry um, is so advanced from years ago. That used to be quite the painful procedure. It's not anymore. It's like a blood transfusion. And uh, that's another one that, well, that uh, you know, not enough people sign up for. Um, I know it's out there. That, that's oh, great that to know. Because, that's great to know because, honestly, my my understanding of it was that 
it is incredibly painful. That like that's all I've ever known. So that's that's great to know that it isn't anymore for sure. They've changed the procedure now a lot. Like it used to be a, a bone marrow transfusion. Now it's more of a stem cell. I mean, the the guy who's the guy the gal that's getting it is going to go through some discomfort when they uh, go after your bone marrow. But it's a stem cell transplant now. So basically, when you're donating, they're they're taking out of one arm, they're running it through a a machine, putting it back in your other arm, and they're just drawing out the self. It's totally different than years ago. Hmm. Huh. So there, yeah, there's your little up, there's your little bit of knowledge for the night. Fantastic. No, appreciate yeah. that. Uh, no, I'm just, yeah. There's gonna be some doctor watching and it's gonna come up in a minute going, he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that, that's kind of interesting that you bring that up. Obviously, going through your medical history and stuff like that. And uh that's something proud that the WCBT and all these guys we're a part of is help donate to the Karen Peel on Organ Donor Donor Foundation. So that's already in the forefront for the professional side of things, and I think it's uh it's a great help that you mention it. Um, obviously, most of the people watching tonight were viewing for you. So um, they've been nothing but uh, showing the love for you and uh, asking everybody to donate blood and organs as well. So, mm -hmm. Well, from one who's uh, obviously taken advantage of that situation, thank you, gentlemen, that knowing that you guys do that, that that's awesome. Perfect. Well, I can't think of a better note to end this on. Um, Doug, we can't thank you um, more than enough to join us and uh, share your thoughts and uh, your little quips throughout mm -hmm. the, the podcast. And hopefully Bruce Bruce eventually hears this at some point and he realizes that you really didn't care for him all those years. So. <laughs> I can't believe he called your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam, Adam, I've had calls on New Year's Eve where Nancy's been on the phone for 15, 20 minutes, and then she'll say, Bruce said, Happy New Year. Hey, perfect. Well, thank you very much, Doug. Thanks, guys, for joining yeah. us again. Thank we'll you, talk. Doug. Very, very appreciated. Thanks so much, Doug. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Doug. Thank you very much.